This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are winging it this week. This is episode 111 of Top Rope Nation. It's going to be a little bit different than what we had planned. Uh, We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, We've never had a a show quite like this one, guys. This is Ryan Drasty of ComicBook.com. Here with Kyle Ross, Justin Joint is unavailable this week. I guess the one positive we can take away here is uh, Justin will be able to join us, hopefully, for uh, what we had planned for this episode. Um, Kyle, how's it going? I'm doing great. (laughs) Scrambling right now. We are scrambling a little bit. I feel like the writers on Monday and Tuesday night in the WWE. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, as you know, and we we talked about this on uh, social media uh, I don't remember. I don't think we talked about it on the, the show itself. But if you if you follow us on social media at Top Rope Nation on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Top Rope Nation on Facebook, uh, we have and we still do have Sid Vicious, aka Sid Justice, booked for an interview. Kyle and myself actually just got off the phone with Sid. By the uh, way, I noticed you spelled "psycho" as in "psycho" said the WWE way of with just the "s" leaving off the "p." Oh, and the I tweets? saw that in social. Yes. Yeah. I, I never knew. I've done it both ways in the past. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I didn't never liked how they did it. Sans P. Yeah, I love you, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't love the Sans P in Psycho. Yeah, it, it was a little cringeworthy to type out the P. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I was thinking of the old magazine covers and stuff, how they spelled it. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we we did. As I said, Kyle and I just got off the phone with Sid. Uh, we have a little bit of a scheduling <laughs> conflict. So, uh, um, Sid, we... are you there? Oh, no, Sid's not here. <laughs> Sid had his grandkids with him, and uh, we'd planned to record the interview for this week's episode. Um, we are going to reconnect with him on Sunday and uh, hopefully work out a time to record that interview. Kyle and I have an extensive list of questions to ask Sid. It's going to be a great interview. Hopefully, I don't want to guarantee anything. Hopefully, um, that will be on the docket for episode 112 now next week. Uh, if we record it early in the week, guys, since I know we were promoting this, I'll put the show out early before Friday uh, and give it to you as soon as we record that show. But uh, yeah, like I said, we got off, we just got off the phone with them. I've been texting him today, and uh, we will we'll work out a time. So uh, stay tuned to the podcast feeds, guys. Uh, whether you're listening on TopRopeNation.com, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found, it'll hit the feeds. 
within a few hours after we wrap the interview. So, uh, Kyle, any thoughts? I guess he's just taking care of the next generation of the masters and rulers of the world. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> he, I mean, he was. Yep. We heard the kids in the back. No, there, so. there were there were there were kids. Yes, and we 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 had Sid. We had talked. I said I I spoke to the man. I said hello, <laughs> but uh, it was not to be. Not to be. Not this. Not tonight. Not tonight, at least. Yes. So, so uh, hopefully we, we will have that for you soon. God, but, uh, do we have good questions too? Yeah, questions it, it, that questions that you would only get from Top Rope Nation. That's true. I mean, Sid doesn't do that many interviews. You know, you can you can search on Google. You won't find a whole lot of interviews recently so we got a lot of stuff we want to get into hopefully our interview hits the uh, airwaves before some of these other jabronis put out their podcast with sid if he's doing the rounds but uh no it, it's gonna be it's gonna be one to look forward to for sure uh but you know because of this situation it's left kyle and i scrambling because all week we were planning on just doing that interview and uh so now <laughs> we're like we got to put out something for our listeners so kind of scrambling just, just so everyone's clear we record at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central every Thursday, generally speaking. Or whatever day of the week we do, it's always 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central after all the children have been put to bed. Um, we called Sid at the start time, and that's when we learned <laughs> that he would not be able to join us for tonight's episode. So um, literally we had to call an audible um as our show was, as we normally start to record. Yeah. I mean, we usually have an agenda typed out ahead of time. We're very organized, guys. If, if you follow us on Patreon, if you're a Patreon supporter, you see our agendas every week. Uh, I guess I could screenshot Kyle our chat box here and put that out as our agenda because that's about all we have um, for this show as we're kind of going on the fly. But, um, you know, luckily I... we know so much about wrestling that we can make it happen. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's kind of like, uh, you know, when they would throw out some like random good workers, like on WCW Saturday night, 95, and like at the drop <laughs> of a hat and just say, or, or even nitro, um, you know, later in later years and say, uh, guys, we're scrambling right now. We don't know. We're just go out there and fill time. Ryan Drosty and I, good workers. We're going to fill some time and, uh, we're quite frankly going to deliver. We're professional. Like only Kyle. we can. Yes. We can do this. We've been doing the show for Kyle, our first episode together now was over three years ago. We can do this. Yes. I mean, I, I am a broadcast journalist, and I have the right to my opinions. He is. <laughs> so, guys, uh, I, I mentioned Patreon a second ago. I have to pump this because we're getting close to the raffle. Check us out, patreon.com slash Nation next weekend. Hopefully hot off the heels of this sit interview. We will be giving away the Macho Man Randy Savage san diego comic-con exclusive uh wwe elite action figure which is long sold out you can't get it anymore uh, it was only available in san diego as well as one website which sold out of it within minutes we have an extra we want to give it away to someone that supports the show on patreon if you head to our site I mean, even if you're not a patron right now you can read the details of the raffle it's going to happen live there'll be a live video stream so you can see who wins we're going to be sending this figure to one of our patrons whether you've been a patron for six months, a year, or one week, it doesn't matter. You can win. So join up. You get our bonus content. So it's not like you're just buying a raffle ticket. You are essentially with your Patreon membership, but you're also getting all of our bonus content plus the entire archives, whether it's this week, 
Kyle and I put out a uh, Top Rope Nation Extra Monday morning. We reviewed. We went two hours. We reviewed SummerSlam. We reviewed NXT TakeOver. It's a hell of a broadcast, guys. You can only hear that on Patreon. So head on over to Patreon.com. That was a great Top show. Rope Nation. It was an excellent, excellent show. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. We deep-dived yes. on both of them. You know, we, we gave a lot of our opinions about uh, match quality, storyline directions, what worked, what didn't work. It was a really fun show. Those Top Rope Nation Extra shows are only available on Patreon. We review every pay-per-view every single month. You can hear those on Patreon. You can hear Top Rope Nation Classics, another bonus show we do. where We review old shows. Check out the whole archives. Join up, even if it's just for one month, to enter this raffle for this incredibly rare Randy Savage figure. And the bonus is you get all that bonus content from us to check out and see if you want to stick with us for the long haul we'd appreciate your support and uh, we think you'll like what you hear over there on patreon and uh, i think i'm really looking forward to doing this raffle next week and uh, sending this figure out to somebody who's going to be super happy to get it because if you want it and you want to buy it you're going to spend a lot more money than the five dollars a month you'll have to give us on patreon to uh, get into the raffle if you look at ebay these figures are going for a lot of cash. So uh, this this is the best way to have a chance at it. Uh, one follow-up on uh, that Patreon show, the SummerSlam review we did, and TakeOver, I guess, because uh, my comment is related to uh, NXT TakeOver. If you listen to that show, you heard me and Ryan go off about the Johnny Gargano-Adam Cole main event. Uh, neither of us really liked it. And I made a comment, you know, It'd be real disingenuous for me to have having gone off on this match and say, well, yeah, but it's still four stars. That's interesting that, that I said that on that Patreon show based on, you know, a certain review of that match. That the Observer, maybe, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, hit, that hit the Internet yesterday. Yeah, uh, a friend of the pod, Derek Chappelle, actually sent those ratings to me earlier today and wanted to get my take on that. Did um, he laugh about that? I thought that was real rich. I'm like, yeah, let's just... I don't know, man. When I hear, when, when I talk about that wrestling evaluation is broken, I think that's exhibit A right there. Like, you, you just, you rip a match and then you give it four stars. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what Derek sent us, uh, good brother Derek, what he sent us was a tweet where someone was bashing the ratings. They said, uh, you know, Dave Meltzer's NXT TakeOver Toronto ratings, and he talked about the number one rated match of the show, which, if you check out our Patreon show, I definitely agreed with the Io Shirai Candice LeRae match. Uh, Love four Meltzer. A, four and a quarter. Four and a quarter stars. Highest rated match from Meltzer and, you know, from myself and Kyle as well. Spoiler alert. Best match of the show. We That's all a fair felt. rating, probably. Yeah. yeah. I think actually we said on the show was probably around around that. You can go check it out on Patreon and see. But uh, he gave that. And then, like, as you said, as you go down the list. All the star ratings, and this person on Twitter had said, in other news, Dave Meltzer is an effing moron. Uh, maybe because he rated Gargano and Cole too high? <laughs> because that's the only way I'm agreeing with this guy. Because uh, I think the fact that he rated Shirai and LeRae number one is, I'm right on with that. I, I thought his other ratings were pretty fair of all the other matches. So uh, I don't know what this person was taking issue with, but... Uh, me and Derek you know, he, had a little chat about that. Dave was is about as down on uh, on that uh, Shayna Mia Yim match as you were. Yeah, one I star, know. right? Yeah, I think that's about as you know. I, I think you said that was maybe the worst takeover match you'd seen in recent memory, and certainly that rating um, 
backs that up. It looks like the star ratings from Dave Meltzer agreed. Yeah, with and I don't want to pick on Dave. I, I want to be nice, but like I just, I just, there's a problem I have with that. It started in the early aughts with WWF where people would complain about a match, generally the booking, maybe the finish specifically, but they'd still give it a high rating mm. because it had the elements of matches they liked. And I, I don't know. To me, I think you have to take the whole picture. And if there's big picture issues with it, it's hard for me to give a match four stars. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, I could go like if I was, you know, being super harsh, I could say like it was like one and a half stars. Just give it for the bumps and some of the spots. <laughs> We're going to have people writing in now to the show telling you, Kyle Ross, how much they disapprove of your opinions. I think it's a fair rating. Quite <laughs> It was not a good match. And did you see Johnny? He 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 got really upset at some of the criticism of that match on Twitter.com. I did not see that. I do follow got, him too, but he he was getting real salty about it. Mm. Well, I like my wrestling to have things in the matches that actually mean something. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I mean, I like cool spots, but uh, in in the end, especially if I've seen you wrestle a guy three times, you know, I want to see. I I want more drama that makes sense. I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. So you can you can hear more of that discussion. We we spent plenty of time talking about that over on the Patreon show. But uh, yeah. I will say this as we get in. So we have decided, you know, what better to talk about on the fly than world wrestling entertainment television. And I did not mind WWE TV. And matter of fact, I quite liked it this week. I did as well. You know, I covered SmackDown as always on the website, and I enjoyed watching. There was a lot to like on SmackDown. I thought Raw was good, and uh, I didn't watch Raw live. You know, I usually watch it on the DVR. I know you do too, Kyle, but I did watch mm-hmm. SmackDown live, and I didn't really have any major complaints out of either. I mean, there's a few smaller things, but overall, I like the direction of the shows yep. coming out of SummerSlam. I still think that the main issue with the promotion is they just don't have that real main event angle. Maybe they're hoping this Roman Reigns storyline will be that. But, you know, if you look at the title programs, um, you know, nothing to me says main event. Yeah. You know, it's a... you know, even Meltzer, you know, bring his name back into the discussion. It's a promotion very much of mid-card and upper mid-card guys. There's a lot of people to like, but there's just, you know, even like with Raw, when they had AJ, AJ and Seth main eventing, mm-hmm. I just was like, man, if I'm like, I'm like, this Raw would be great if it had like, you know, a real sizzling main event. And, you know, a lot of people like AJ, a lot of people like Seth. Um, but you know, it feels like, you know, a, they did just wrestle at the raw reunion and they had a program not too long ago. It just kind of felt like, yeah, we need to do some work at the top of the card in this promotion. But overall, like there, there were two matches this week, one on each show that honestly, I may have liked better than any match on SummerSlam and we can get into that, but um, you know, the big takeaways from Raw, I think, were the return of Sasha Banks and the impending return of the King of the Ring tournament. And I think we should start there. Do you not agree? I always agree with you, Kyle. Oh, well, thank you. I like this podcast. <laughs> what a professional <laughs> wrestling analyst this guy yeah. is. Okay, so... When I, the the, you know the, the master and ruler of podcasts, yes. I should say. So, 
with with Sasha Banks returning and the, there's so much to unpack with that segment. So you mentioned that you didn't watch Raw Live. I did not watch Raw Live. We both received a text Monday night from our good friend Justin Joint, not here this week. But he said, was this kind of a misread by WWE? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, what's that going to be? And it's funny. When I started watching Raw, I thought he was referencing Samoa Joe's promo. Mm. Because, like, the crowd was dying to cheer for Joe. And then they had him cut one of those promos where he's like, nope, I'm still a heel. <laughs> and I, I, I thought that was a mistake. Yeah, I, I really did. You know, it was we, we see that a lot. I think like the most egregious example going back a few years was like Seth Rollins when he returned in 2016. Oh, yeah. Remember, I you know, I, remember, like, I think I wrote a column on that. at the time. Yeah, everyone was going crazy about that. Like, oh, my God, that was between Joe's maybe not to that extent, but the crowd really does want to cheer Joe. So I think, you know, kind of doubling down on him as a heel is a mistake. But with Sasha, I think what Justin meant was, well, she was, you know. They obviously wanted her to turn heel mm-hmm. and be, and, but the issue is when people come back, they always get cheered. Mm-hmm. Goes back to Triple H, January 2002. And, you know, people just, it's the comeback pop they see. And, you know, your girl, God bless her, Natty, I just think some of it was kind of just a failure on her part to garner any sympathy. I see what they were going for, but the crowd just like sort of saw through it and was happy to see Sasha. Yeah. I I don't don't think it matters who was in there. Sasha was going to get cheered regardless. Like when you haven't seen this person since WrestleMania and everyone's, you know, been talking about her online at least, you know, for months dying to see her back. Like she's going to be just super, Hot with the crowd. Regardless, she, she could have been in there with Becky Lynch, and she would have got that pop. So you're probably right. And you know something I was thinking about um, was a point I've made on this program before, and I'd like to reiterate it right now. How being on WWE television every week is just not a positive. And if you want an example of that, take a look at Sasha and Bailey right now, okay? One of them, Sasha, leaves off television for four and a half months, okay? Mm-hmm. Comes back, gets this mammoth reaction, is going to be, you know, working with Becky Lynch, you know, at the top of the women's division. Match will be really over. Um, she's kind of looked, you know, probably perceived by the audience as a big star right now. You have Bailey, who is... Been on TV roughly every week. She was not on TV this week, ironically enough. Is the SmackDown Women's Champion and is in no way more over than she was four and a half months ago, despite being the SmackDown Women's Champion. Like, she's not more over than she was as one half of the the Women's Tag Team Champions with Sasha. Mm -hmm. Like, you talk about Exhibit A of, you know, I talked about with Randy Orton on her SummerSlam preview. The smart ones know you don't want to be on TV every week. Look at Bray Wyatt. This yes. guy took himself off. Now he and you know we're going to talk about you know was it a good or bad thing they kept him off TV this week? But the smart ones know you. The worst thing that can happen to you in modern WWE is get overexposed. 
So, you know, any issues I for me that may have come with Sasha, eh, you know, they wanted her to be a heel, but people were chanting, you know, I mean, people were chanting, thank you, Sasha, when she was beating up Natty, which was obviously not the desired reaction of creative. Um, and how about the creeper, by the way, who was like, you look good, Sasha. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you can't do that. You look good, Sasha? <laughs> oh, that's that yeah, yeah, we were talking about that that's in text. Real that is worthy. so bad. But Come anyway, on. The, the, again, totality, big picture is what I always look at. And we're gonna get a really heated Becky Sasha Banks program. Um It'll be interesting if they run that match at Clash of Champions, which you would think they are, because you don't want to beat Sasha in her first match back, do you? No, absolutely okay. not. Okay, so, I mean, if they do that match, you know, will they change the title? Or will they do something that leads to uh, some sort of gimmick match? You know, the, they give the women a Hell in a Cell, right? Did, did the women have a Hell in a Cell last year, too? Or do they? No, no, they no, didn't. I think there, was so, only, yeah. there was only one Hell in a Cell, right? It was the red because they debuted the red cage yeah. for Rome Braun. Yeah. Well, it could be interesting. I, I could see them doing a non-finish in Becky Sasha, and then putting them in the cell potentially. Yeah, I just. I, I hate that kind of booking. Like, I feel like someone comes back, they're hot with the crowd, just freaking flip the switch and do it right away. I hate dragging it out. I think well, more often than not in wrestling history, when they drag something out rather than capitalizing when it's hot, it doesn't work as well. Uh, that's true. So much of wrestling booking is timing. Uh, I would absolutely agree with that. It's funny, as we were going through um, our questions for Sid <laughs> that we were supposed to ask him tonight. <laughs> Who is this um, Sid guy you're talking about? <laughs> Yeah, um, I couldn't help but think the three main baby faces um, of the mid-90s, Brett, Diesel, and Sean, the timing was wrong for all of their first title wins. Oh. I'm leading around. I thought Brett, they rushed it onto him in 92. Diesel, they rushed it onto him in 94, and I think they waited too long for Sean. Well, the first two weren't even on TV, so it's like, yeah, I yeah. can see that argument. Like, Jesus, I got to wait for Smack 'em, Whack 'em to come out on Coliseum Home Video yeah. to see this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think, yeah, timing, timing is everything. But I mean, what do you? Th- I mean, ultimately, getting Becky and Sasha—that's a really good thing. I think it should be, you know, something to look forward to. So, I'm I, yeah, I see an angle with this, and and why to do the heel turn right away? I'm gonna just flip this around to what I talked about on our SummerSlam preview show. Oh, and, I love uh, when we have continuity on this broadcast. <laughs> we are professionals, guys. We are obje- objective. We remember what we said in the past, and I talked about why I thought it would make sense to put the belt on Natty in the short run, and I said. The reason I could see the argument was, A, the show was in Canada, B, they kind of rehabbed her character a little bit, and C, because Becky had lost a lot of steam, and so she could put her into chase mode again. Okay, when I said that, obviously some of the some of it was the context of the show being in Canada, Natty was getting a big push going into that, and I had no idea Sasha Banks was coming back. Now that Sasha Banks is back and working opposite Becky after their brawl on Monday night, 
after she took out Natty. I think everything I said could be applied to Sasha and Becky and is a good argument on why you would put the belt on Sasha, who, you know, I like Natty a lot, but obviously here Sasha is going to be way more over. And it's, it's, it's the same, the same rules apply, right? You put the belt on Sasha and that would really heat Becky up in chasing her. So I, I, I think, I think it's the same kind of scenario and uh i think he pulled the trigger right away personally well well i think it's just a much more uh, attractive program title program than anything we've had with becky since wrestlemania i mean obviously lacy not a lot of competition i mean i think natty has been her best (laughs) well yeah i mean there's only i mean she's had two programs lacy evans and natty um and neither of them exactly set the world on fire Although the what? match at SummerSlam with Natty was very good, and we talked about that on Patreon, it was it was good. good it was a good match. match. Yeah. Sure, I think Becky and Sasha can really hit it out of the park though in the ring. Oh yeah. Okay, King of the Ring. It's back. Did that surprise you? Really out of nowhere. Yes, because when I think of the King of the Ring, I always think about early summer, and uh, unfortunately, summer's coming to an end, and I wish it was June again. <laughs> you know, time of the season doesn't line up with what I historically think of as a King of the Ring season, but I mean, I'm into it. I always liked the King of the Ring back in the day. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a way to, I think it definitely lost luster in the later years as a way to get a guy over. But if you look at, you know, some of the early days stuff, it, it helps some people. I think, I think it's a way to, to help out someone's character and, you know, push them up the card a little bit maybe, or make the crowd, uh, take them seriously again. Uh, I yeah, I had heard no rumblings of this whatsoever. I was very surprised by it, but at least it gives you meaningful television matches too to look forward to. So, what what were your impressions? Did Harley Race's death spur this idea in Vince McMahon's mind? <laughs> it's possible. Okay, I, I just yeah, I saw somebody tweet that, and I was like, I wonder if they did. You just said something that I agree with, and I've talked about this before. I think we did a podcast a few months ago. Where we were, the goal of the show is to come up with outside the box ideas to kind of reinvigorate WWE television. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yeah. And one of the ideas I shared was concept shows. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, like the shows just kind of feel the same every week. Like doing King of the Ring on TV makes a lot of sense to me. I think it, it makes the show feel different. Um, you know, it gives a unique, you know, it's, you know, doing a tournament, obviously, you can, Fill up a lot of your TV time. Um, and I guess the way that this is going to work is the semis are taking place in MSG and then the final is at Clash of Champions. That's what Meltzer said, at least. Okay, yeah. That this is going to take place. It's not like a you know one-week deal or anything. Because yeah. um, King of the Ring, no matter what, what anyone says, if you liked it, and you, you see some of the names that have won it. Obviously, a lot of them are a big deal, at least in the early days. It was a failed concept on pay-per-view. Make no mistake about it. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why. Um, first and foremost, tournaments have never worked in this country on pay-per-view. Going all the way back to WrestleMania 4. It's true. Although I, I, did, I did enjoy the 93 King of the Ring. It was the it was the, by far the best one. Yeah. The, after and, the, and that was the first one was on pay-per-view. I mean, if you guys aren't yeah. long-term fans, they did the King of the Ring tournament going back to 85, but they were not... Not pay-per-views. No. A lot of it was, a, I think they usually ran Foxborough. 
Um, the first two were in Foxborough, and yeah. then they did Providence, Rhode Island, like yeah, four that's times right. in a row. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was a it was a deal where like specific markets got it. It was it was a thing, but the issue was, um, particularly after the first few, it became a mid card tournament, and I mean tournaments don't draw in this country, but if you're going to make it like a mid card tournament, you're really killing it and uh, you know bruce pritchard who was actually going to be a, a prior subject in our interview with sid um you know he said on his podcast that vince mcmahon you know in it was 2003 when they officially stopped doing king of the ring and he said that bruce and some of the other writers it was around june of 03 they were all getting ready to do King of the Ring. And Vince walked in and was like, ah, King of the Ring, King of the Ring sucks. <laughs> um, Brock had won it the year before, by the way. He had, but, you know, again, it was just, it was it was a tournament that it, it was like, all right, if you're at a certain level, you're not in King of the Ring. And that just hurt the tournament. Like, the reason 93 worked is because it rehabbed Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. And Bret Hart was a top guy. Yeah. Um, so that's why. But like in later years, it was sort of like, you know, you look at it by really 96, ironically, the year that Steve Austin won it, um, which was not originally the plan and, and his career took off. It was a mid card tournament. Yeah. It was like, all right, if you're at a certain level, you're not in King of the Ring and people aren't going to watch that. So you look at this, it's a mid card tournament this year. Okay, it's a mid-card tournament. Um, Drew McIntyre, they really pushed the idea of him winning it during that match he had with Cedric Alexander. His excellent match with Cedric Alexander. Uh, one of two excellent TV matches that had similar dynamics, by the way, on WWE TV this week. Um, imagine matches uh, where both people get over. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I mean, Unbel- Kevin Owens is in it, who's a top push yes. guy, but and outside he, of he him, was, and yeah. He, those were the only two guys where really there was any specific King of the Ring pushing yeah. going on. You know, Owens mentioned it. He said how he would love to. By the way, didn't mention Triple H in listening. Was, the, was that a political hit? Hmm. Was that a shot? I loved it. I was in tears when he didn't mention Triple H. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, McIntyre during the Alexander match, they mentioned it quite a bit. McIntyre makes a lot of sense to win it. Yeah. Uh, but we shall see. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a really good idea to do. Tournaments, you know, on TV work, but it, it was not a good pay-per-view concept. And, you know, it, it didn't do well on pay-per-view um, after a while. It, it really took it. I mean, it was, you know, it was considered like, you know, the big five, they were supposed to make it. And and it it never really was even, it wasn't even close to survivor series, which is, you know, very much the fourth of the big four. They they started doing more of the matches on TV too. Yeah. I mean, by 90, it was not, again, it was 96 where they only did the semis in the final on pay-per-view. I think they did that. Um, 96, 97, 98. Yeah. Uh, 99 and 2000. I believe they went back and did the full tournament on pay-per-view. As a matter of fact, I'm confident they did. And then 0102, they went back to the semis. Again, you know, when you do that, and then you've got all these other guys on the pay-per-view who weren't even in the tournament, why is this important? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've done this isn't the first time they've done it before on TV. Obviously, I mean King Booker 
right? That was yeah. a not a TV deal. Sheamus won it uh, on a TV deal. So, you know, we shall see if it does anything. I mean, it only works if the guy who wins it becomes something special. That's, yeah. the, that's how you evaluate this whole deal. But I like the idea as a concept, a raw concept SmackDown. Two things. Uh, the original King of the Ring logo, one of the greatest pay-per-view logos of all time, I do have to say. Would you agree? It was pretty cool. Number two, Kyle, weren't you at the King of the Ring 93 in Dayton? No, I was not. Oh, you were not at that? Sh- no. I'm thinking of Survivor I, I, Series 92. Yeah. I was. I knew someone, so I actually went to a basketball camp at Mount Union. Any Division three football fans out there know the term Mount Union. Um but There's this was a, a basketball. <laughs> yeah, but this was a basketball camp, not a football camp. Uh, and my buddy, who also went to that camp, actually came from King of the Ring '93. He went the okay. Nutter Center, home of Wright State University. That's right, the Nutter Center. Who could forget the great Nutter Center? Yeah, love it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the first pay-per-view was by far the best and then after that i mean the 94 show or donovan 95 mabel (laughs) 96 was a good pay-per-view even though the king of the ring itself was not the real headliner i know we're talking a lot of classic wrestling this week and again this is completely on the fly so i don't really care but uh (laughs) 93 king of the ring also featured Brett and Perfect in what I think is a better match than their SummerSlam match. Oh, that turns me on that take. Mm-hmm. Because I think that might be true. Brett Hart himself once told me that he agrees with that take. Yeah, I I really like that match. Um, really like the promo beforehand. Um, yeah, that's a really good match. So, that's the my dad um, could beat your dad match promo, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, really like it. Um, the as for the, do you have anything else on King of the Ring? I no, mean, obviously, no, we can transition. We, we've, we've seen no brackets. Um, as for the rest of Raw, I mentioned some things. Loved McIntyre, Alexander. That's the kind of, and we're going to talk about this more when we get to Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy on SmackDown, which was. Uh, I thought the best match of the week, and I don't think I'm, at least for WWE, and I don't think I'm alone in that assessment. But, um, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, some people would go, oh, why don't you give the, uh, you know, the lesser-known guy a win? In this instance, we all knew Alexander, after getting that quote-unquote fluke win over McIntyre a few weeks back, was eventually going to lose to him. Mm -hmm. But this was a deal where, you know, people were into Cedric Alexander by the end of the match. He was... This match, ironically, got him more over than the one where he beat McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree with that. And and to be blunt with you, I love Cedric. Hope he's featured on television more. Cedric's not a top guy. Drew, you know, that was a win that made Drew look good. You know, when he hit the Claymore kick, you know, people people were like, oh, man, yeah, Drew McIntyre. You kind of got the sense... Drew McIntyre's back, and I wish Justin was here actually right now. I, you know, he listens. I have some kudos to send his way. I think it was like the week after, two weeks after, we were talking about WrestleMania, and he made the point that, you know, benefit of hindsight, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin really should have flipped spots at that WrestleMania card where McIntyre should have 
been the one to beat Kurt Angle, and Corbin should have been the one to job to Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. he's absolutely, he's, I mean, with, with the benefit of four additional months of hindsight, he was absolutely correct in that assessment because, you know, Ray, uh, McIntyre, I should say, really did lose steam after. And I know there's people who debate is Drew McIntyre, you know, is he missing something, whatever. But, you know, he had clearly lost steam uh, over the summer. And that match just felt like, yeah, Drew McIntyre's kind of got some momentum again. And it was a really um, good thing. Uh, the main event scene on Raw. So I talked about, eh, Seth and AJ really didn't feel like a main event type deal. Like, I was like, God, are they are they going there? Like, you know, the two top champions for Clash of Champions. But according to Meltzer, I, I'm sure you saw this report, Ryan. It's going to be Seth and Braun Strowman. Yeah. What think... do we feel about that? Because it's that's ironic. He reported that because when Strowman grabbed the belt and looked, you know, and was looking at it, looked at Seth, I actually was saying, "Don't turn on him," because I love baby faces saving baby faces. You know, uh, once again, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to shill this constantly, but uh, our Patreon show on Monday, we talked about where does Seth Rollins go from here, and I believe Braun Strowman was the name we threw out right away. I know I, I remember mentioning Braun Strowman as a, as a possibility. Yeah, yeah. They, mm-hmm. uh, not that it excited me too much, but when we looked at the rosters, it was kind of hard to hard to you know script these uh, well, world title and universal title pictures moving forward. Well, well, the, well. The well with Kofi, we knew where it was going to go, but you know with Seth, I think the the question was, do you move Bray into that spot right away or do you wait? And we obviously yeah. got our answer Monday night. Um, so I don't, Seth and AJ, I think again, just maybe wasn't going to work. You can do, you're obviously building to a six man tag situation with Seth, Ricochet and Braun against the OC. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether they're going to do Braun, look, it goes back though to something I said last year around this time. Braun Strowman needs to act independent of the universal or world titles, WWE title scene. He's an attract attraction again, much like you know a certain someone we were supposed to interview tonight. <laughs> you <laughs> know, true. an yeah. attraction, someone who's in that semi-main event spot. You know, I mean, we saw that heel turn last year for Braun that was just for the sake of turning him heel. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Um, I don't know. We shall see how they do it. What did you think about on one last thing on Raw um, or two last things? Like, I'm glad they had Dolph job to Miz. What did you think about Andrade sweeping Rey Mysterio? That felt like a big win for Andrade. Yeah, it's kind of and, interesting what they're doing with Ray with this. He can't win, but he's wrestling still because of his family. And uh, he's got tears in his eyes backstage doing the promo. Mm-hmm. It's like he knows he's lost a step, but he, he needs the money kind of thing. Yeah, so. I, I don't like that. Meltzer made a good point because it was actually with the Kevin Owens situation, which we're going to get to, you know, like how he how he was fined $100,000, and Meltzer was like, yeah, it's not really a good idea to make it seem like, you know, these guys are supposed to be like big stars. It's not really a good idea to make them seem, even though I guess it's relatable, you know, financial issues are a relatable thing, but like maybe it's not what you want. Yeah, uh, no. Wrestlers. I, no, yeah. I don't think I, I don't think storylines, maybe outside of the uh, big John stud Andre the Giant <laughs> match usually money doesn't work in storylines 
Yeah. Um, it certainly didn't with that Shawn Michaels JBL storyline. Remember that atrocity? Oh. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, in between Shawn's two great two great feuds, Jericho and the the Undertaker match, um, I had a point with Ray. So when they did that interview, this is it. I was like, oh my god, I wonder if they're gonna do like mask versus hair, which is what everyone's wanted with Ray and Andrade. Mm-hmm. And Meltzer reported that that's not on the books. So. God damn it. Shucks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Do you want to talk about uh, Bray Wyatt right now, or do you want, to, you want to move that to the end? We can move that to the end. I, the one last thing I remembered on Raw in my notes was, it's time to punt on the Kabuki Warriors. Mm. Okay? This was... I'll tell you what, man. The pirate princess might as well be the cricket princess because that's what you hear every time she comes out, man. God bless Kyrie saying, but I mean, you want to talk about oh, rein, uh, reinforcing how much fewer people watch NXT than main roster WWE Every time she comes out, I'm reminded of that. <laughs> She's never been given an opportunity to have like, you know, be anyone but like, hey, here's this. Random person who apparently Asuka's friends with and is now on a tag team. This whole ordeal did no one any favors. Well, imagine the scenario where you think it's the best idea is to take this tag team in NXT that was doing well with the Sky Pirates and split them up and put Kyrie in a tag team with Asuka, which was just completely out of left field. It made no yeah, sense at all. I mean, it's hurt Asuka. Asuka was over as a single and is like now just no one cares. Kyrie is just not, you know, no one really knows her. And God, has there been a good babyface manager in this industry in the last like thirty years besides Paul Bearer? <laughs> I, I mean, that you, you know, Meltzer was right. I mean, he was talking about this in the '90s. You can go look. The babyface manager role is like death, and like you know, Paige, like you know, always she wasn't there this week, but like you know, always the one to like console them when things are going. I mean, that's not yeah, good. no. So, I mean, I, I I just think they need to go their separate ways. Yeah. To quote a very terrible band who should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, nice. Good. There you go. Uh, no, I would agree. And especially when... Does that, did, I'll tell you, that, that's what... <laughs> you got nothing for that, do you? I don't. <laughs> I am not a Journey fan either. So, I agree with it. I don't really have much. In fact, uh, on my, uh, what is that old, Pandora? I used to always listen to Pandora when I was working out, and uh, I'd always have a classic rock station on. I I swear to you, I must have thumbed down, like, almost the entire Journey catalog, and they would still play, they would still play Journey, constantly. How many times do I have to thumbs down these people? No, I'm I'm not a Journey fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that offends any of the listeners here, but, uh, yeah. I have no idea when it became acceptable to like them again. When I was like younger, I was like, you know, like you ripped on people who like Journey. Dude, I could tell you some stories. And shit, this this is a show out of left field, so why not? I will never forget in 2005, I was down in Iowa City. Uh, I had season tickets to the Hawkeyes for football. And uh, one of my buddies lived right across the street from this big hill where people used to tailgate they don't allow it on this particular particular hill anymore but uh i'm you know we had a he had a fun night the night before it's saturday morning it was the first time i had stayed at his place before a football game 
And uh, it's like freaking 4.30, 5 a.m., something like that. And I, I can just like see this as an out-of-body experience, like looking down on myself sleeping on his couch, 5 a.m., not feeling the greatest. And all of a sudden, you hear the opening the opening music to Don't Stop Believing. Oh, Jesus Christ. My, like right as the tune started, my eyes opened. And I just stared out the window. I'm like, you have got to be effing kidding me right now. <laughs> this is the song you wake me up with at 5 o'clock in the morning. You're blasting from your camper. Don't stop believing. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I stopped at Kinnick Stadium on the way back from your house. That's right. Oh, you did. When I dropped yeah, I, I, we, we hit three Big Ten West stadiums that weekend. My wife and I. And Minneapolis, Don. Madison, and Iowa City. Yeah, yeah. Um, my journey sto- old school story would be, I love that we're doing this, by the way, would be. This is the free-for-all grade. show, like, yeah. you know, back yeah. in the days of the preview channel, free-for-all. Yeah. yeah. Eighth grade English class, someone asked my teacher, Miss Bakovic, who her favorite, um, who her favorite group was. And her answer was Steve Perry. Like, not even Journey, solo Steve Perry. And just I've always been a man of hot takes, even going back to the eighth grade and quite frankly before. And I unfortunately blurted out Steve Perry sucks. I got sent on the hall. This I spent is the, awesome. I spent the rest of the class on my ass in the hallway. Oh man, God, I that never is took awesome. it back though. Never took it back. Why I mean, would you? you? It's ever, an accurate statement. Have you ever seen the video for Oh Sherry? Can you imagine making that seriously? I'm going to look it up right now as we record. <laughs> it is these, like, it's him dancing on these stairs, singing to a woman who's not that attractive. Oh, I'm watching it. Oh, dang it. There's an ad. It's yeah. A very bad song. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm glad, Kyle, that we can agree on this and not argue because you will get absolutely no argument. For yeah. me on this one it's, okay uh, so yeah. i don't know how we got the journey but we're gonna go to smackdown uh, uh I'm, well i started the video it's like a church service at the beginning and it okay it was wrong i, I thought he was on i thought stairs were involved maybe i'm thinking of something different no, no it, is, sure. it is stairs now okay. fa- i fast forward and now he's hanging on a railing sitting on the stairs singing it's very bad it's very, very okay bad. uh you know it was not bad and i would gladly watch again. Not O'Sherry, but uh, O Roman Reigns v O Buddy Murphy. What a fantastic piece of television this was! This was a you know when we a few weeks ago we talked about the lost art of the television match. This was a great television match, as was uh, McIntyre Alexander for that matter. But this was better. Uh, I think some of these people on Twitter.com who are like, oh, man, what a missed opportunity. They should have had Murphy win. You're out to lunch, folks. Mm. You're out to lunch, okay? If there are people out there you know, who think Buddy Murphy should have won and that journey belongs in the Rock Hall, I've alienated you. I realize that, <laughs> okay? And I'll be honest with you. I'll lose no sleep over it, okay, on either regard. <laughs> uh. I, I'll lose no sleep over that. Uh, there is no art. You know, Dave Meltzer, bless his soul, okay? Uh, brought his name up several times in this podcast, and I'll bring it up one more. You know, somebody tweeted him, Dave, don't you think it was a real missed opportunity? You could have given Buddy a big win over a top guy like Roman. And Dave's like, under the circumstances, that would be the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Roman was not even on SummerSlam. No. You know, like, I mean, he he needs to win too. But at the same time, 
This is a match where Roman did everything possible to make Buddy Murphy look like a star. They had this oh my freaking God. outstanding match. Yeah, I mean, his selling of the V-Triggers was, like, great. And, again, like Alexander, more so than Alexander, because this match was more effective, Buddy Murphy got over here, folks. Now, I would like to see them follow up with a Buddy Murphy win on TV. Yeah, eventually. Uh, next, yeah, or next week. Not not over Roman, just period. Just he can yeah. beat somebody. No, yeah, I, because I think, it, and you know, Buddy did a lot of just his move, his standard move set. He he didn't bust out anything uh, particular, you know, that we haven't seen before. If you watch a lot of Buddy Murphy, but you know what I gathered, uh, gauging crowd reaction from that match, there were not a lot of two of five live watchers in that crowd because they reacted to everything Buddy was doing. Like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? And it was his first match on SmackDown which is kind of incredible. Yeah. But um, I gathered that, that a lot of people were like, who's this? You know, they, they, it was a match that I think a large portion of the live crowd was like, Oh, this will be a squash for Roman. Mm. And instead they got a really, really, really good TV match. Uh, Buddy's sell of the spear at the end. Tremendous. um, Just really good stuff. I could see them turning Buddy Murphy babyface. Yeah coming out of that. I mean, that, I mean, that was how good that performance was that he may have been, you know, an unknown baby faced himself to a live crowd. That's, that's a good performance. So, um, I, I was like watching him like, God, after it was over, I'm like, I hope you don't like have the usual suspect. Of course, Roman wins. Come on. You know, Roman Reigns is a top guy who, by the way, lost to Shane McMahon several months ago and never got a win back. And then couldn't make the second biggest show of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, here's the thing. You don't always have to win these matches for it to be a big deal. You know, the the one that I thought of right off the bat watching this, because I didn't think Murphy would win. But as I watched it and I saw Roman really doing whatever he could to put this guy over, I thought back to the 94 Bret Hart 1-2-3 kid match where Brett won the match on Raw. They did like a 20-minute match, uh, but it made everyone talk about the kid. And, you know, before that, yes, he had beat Razor Ramon on Raw. Um, but Razor wasn't, like, yeah, he was an IC champion. He wasn't as he wasn't the top guy. Like, Brett was, Brett was the world champion when he wrestled Kid on that 94 Raw. Kid lost. He lost to the sharpshooter. But after the match, like the place gave him a standing ovation. The announcers all stood up, if I remember right, and they gave him a standing ovation. Like you don't have to win for the match to make you, you know, to give you that star power yeah. to be legendary. Everyone talks about that Brett one two three kid match to this day, twenty five years later. So it doesn't really matter that Reigns won because it helps put Murphy on the scene. Right, like this is a guy people are going to take seriously on SmackDown if they continue to book him, because he went toe to toe with Roman Reigns, who we've been trained to think is a top guy for a long competitive match on SmackDown. Yeah, and if they actually do give Murphy a serious singles push, which I'm not again going to hold my breath on, and he gets really over, maybe then he does get to a scenario where he could beat Roman Reigns in a match months. And, and that's a built-in storyline too. Like they use that angle in in the build-up to the match. You know, he wants to get yeah. the win that he almost got on SmackDown several yeah. months ago. You know, it and makes people, it more interesting. And people will be really jacked for that match, and it would mean way more. Yep. Than an out of the blue win, unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, oh, um. By the way, so that one, two, three kid match, it would. 
he won a number one contenders match to get that match. Do you know who he beat in the one two in the number one contenders match? One, two, three, kid. Oh man. I don't remember. Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> really? Yes. We might be coming back to Nikolai Volkov in a couple yeah. of weeks on this show. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. But yeah. Um yeah, and kid, that was a again, that was you, you mentioned the win over Razor. That was like a year that was over a year before. And he he had kind of you know, he had won the tag titles with Gennetti that had their cup of coffee, but he hadn't really done much for a while before that. So, yeah, again, great TV match. But let's talk about the angle involving Roman now. Um, who – I have no clue where they're going to go with it. I guess that's good, mm-hmm. but it, they also have to deliver still. Um, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan TV ended with them saying – um, as, as Daniel Bryan tried to talk over Randy Orton's uh, theme song, uh, <laughs> that they will reveal the culprit. Where do we think this is? Who ultimately is going to be the culprit? Do we still think it's going to be Daniel Bryan? It has to be Bryan because he was he was concerned or angry that Rowan was being blamed for it, right? It's not about him. Maybe. Do, and do we think they totally dropped the career-altering announcement from Daniel Bryan? That makes me mad <laughs> because, you know, weeks we heard about this and we're getting yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah, and, I, I and guess just, they could they could work that in the Roman They could tie it in somehow. like, yes, like, oh, something you'd never, like, I, yeah, I guess. I, I You know, maybe there's a way to massage that in because, yeah, that's, that's actually bad. That's really bad TV writing to just drop that and go in a different direction. Um. Yeah, so I'm still thinking it's Daniel Bryan, and it makes a lot of sense to program uh, Daniel Bryan with Roman. Roman hasn't had a good heel really to work with no. consistently since Mania, which is again, you know, we we're I'm told that Roman Reigns is you know the most shoved down our throats wrestler <laughs> in history, and you know, again, didn't see him on SummerSlam, loses to Shane McMahon. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure uh, I understand that analysis one iota. No, I, I don't know how anyone can say it with a straight face at this point. Yeah, so other than that, you know, other than that SmackDown, I'm going to see if there's anything else I want to talk about. I mean, that was the big stuff. Um, you know, obviously, we knew Kofi and Ork would continue. I still think it's a mistake. If you missed our Patreon show, you can go back and listen to that. But I just think, you know, to follow up on that discussion the issue is something we all talked about in the SummerSlam preview episode we did here. You can go back to the archives and listen to that as well. Everyone can. Absolutely free. Nobody buys that Randy Orton's going to win the title here. No. And he shouldn't win the title. So that's the problem with doing making this a multi-pay-per-view feud, I think, is that no one buys each other. I get, you know, okay, you found the storyline from 11 years ago, you know, Beating Randy can do, you know, wonders for Kofi as champion. But eh, I think extending it over multiple pay per views, um, is it was not the right call. Yeah, and therein lies the problem. We t- I mentioned a little bit ago when we talked about direction for the WWE title and the Universal title, and we were struggling. We did talk about return matches with Orton seemed likely, but then after mm-hmm. that, we were wondering where do they go because yeah. Orton cannot win the title from Kofi. We would hope. But uh, and hey, hey, I'm a big fan of what Randy Orton's done this year. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. you mentioned the archives. Go back a couple of years, we weren't so high on Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton's been great this year, but uh, I would not have him beat Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Um. 
Ember Moon and Charlotte had a match on SmackDown. A much better effort from Ember than what we saw at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. She was really busting her ass in that match. You 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 could tell she was like, I got to do something here. I got to show something, and and that was just a much better match than Bailey Ember Moon at SummerSlam. Um, yeah, I think. Do we think it is a formality that Charlotte Flair will beat Bailey for the title at Clash of Champions? We talked about this again on our SummerSlam recap. Absolutely. Okay. Should happen. Um, Should happen. One, Absolutely. Uh, one thing I said on our SummerSlam recap, and I had convinced you that this was going to happen, is that they were going to do a dusty finish for Shane and Kevin Owens, and that Shane was going to overturn the result, and Owens was going to have to quit. They didn't do it, despite they clearly did. referring to yeah. it, and that they just talked about the, and they just find him and said, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, they did mention him touching the official, and when they started going down that road, I was like, oh my god, Kyle Ross has done it again. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do it exactly how we predicted. But uh, no, you're right. They went down the the fine the fine scenario, and that's yeah. not not probably something I would have done. Yeah. Well, so and the feud's going to be uh, can, obviously he's going to regardless the feud's continuing, which we we, we both thought. So yeah. yeah. Other than that, I thought WWE TV was was, was it, it felt you know especially Raw it felt more newsworthy than SummerSlam itself. Yeah. No, so, I agree. I agree. Um, let's let's wrap up with this Bray Wyatt scenario or uh, not yes. scenario, but discussion. Um, because they did keep Bray off TV this week, and uh, there was a lot of people angry about that because Bray coming out of SummerSlam, Bray was the thing most people were talking about. I mean, this spectacular and ent- we went on and on on in our SummerSlam recap show about it. Spectacular entrance, this great new look he has. He's not on Raw the next night. Um, or Spectre. Here's the thing. Has he been assigned to a brand? I mean, not that that matters at all, but, like, is he technically assi- – what brand is he technically assigned to, by the way? Let me look. Hold on. He is – I actually Raw have been brand. wondering. Raw okay. brand, yes. Um, but that won't stop him from appearing on SmackDown, I'm sure. Yeah. I did not. Here's the thing. And when we talk about overexposure, if you don't have anything to do, you don't want to be on television. Because all that means is like you're going to probably do something or be involved in or something that's going to make you look weaker. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess they could have had Bray come out and like squash people. But. Just squat, but like I don't know, um, I don't know how necessary it'll be. I, I, they just need to figure out what his next feud's going to be. Um, I wouldn't keep him off TV too long because he is hot. Yeah. Um, but but they have to. I think the key is okay. What is the next move with him, and then act. Yeah, I think the problem would be if you keep him off for like three, four weeks, then yes, no, there's you, a problem. You, you can't do that. But no. one week is fine. No, I you was know, fine again, with like, it because it's just building more anticipation for next week. Yeah, like I said, God, people don't need to be on TV every week. As a matter of fact, they probably shouldn't. No, I agree. I think this is the type of character that can benefit from having more rare appearances. You know, maybe on average, 
twice a month rather than all four shows. And I wouldn't keep him off mm-hmm. for four or five weeks at a time. But uh, he should. I don't think he should be on every week. I think overexposure is one of the biggest problems, especially with the amount of television this company puts out. I think that's one of the biggest problems in wrestling. Yeah, and today. you you have so many guys. Yeah. You know, and the, the two matches we gushed about this week, McIntyre, Alexander, and Reigns Murphy, there are so many combinations where you can do a match like that. Yeah. Top guy versus an underexposed guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, the underexposed guy's in a prove-it scenario. Yeah. You see what you have with some of these guys. Yeah. No, so I guess we're on the same page there because I, I saw a lot of the criticism. How do you not have Bray Wyatt on TV? And I'm thinking, like, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he was awesome on Sunday night. If he's not on Monday night, I'm, it's not that big of a deal. Now, if he's not on the next two weeks, then we can talk. But uh, mm-hmm. no, right now, I think everyone's still talking about it, so I don't think there's a problem. I, yeah, I'd probably put him out there next week. But uh, yeah, I don't think every week. He doesn't need to be on there every week. So, What uh, if he was Roman's attacker? He could do that. Okay. I think I he would say, be okay. Yeah, I mean, the crowd... The crowd would go pretty wild for it. Again, the crowd, this crowd wants to cheer for Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I, I think keeping him heel is going to be difficult. Yeah. Oh, he's such a cool character. <laughs> when you see how that went over live, I, I don't know how you can think anyone's going to boo it. And people have been yeah. cheering the, the Funhouse segments, too, for a long time. So it shouldn't be a surprise. What's well, different? Yeah. It's, you know, I also thought it was kind of funny did you hear about how wwe took down his entrance video and they like edited out the head lantern thing yeah i did but apparently that they're not going to ditch that or anything so i'm not sure why they did that but apparently like mattel is making an action figure with that as an accessory and uh there's really no discussion about dropping that and they kept the tweet out there with like the close-up picture of it and everything so i'm not sure why they went through the trouble of editing his awesome entrance video but that was a point of discussion this week as well yeah i don't, I don't know that, that is kind of weird it's weird how people notice that <laughs> I like think, i think if i i think if i watched it again i wouldn't notice it yeah but uh something something to keep tabs on i guess because that too was busy, one i'm of too the... busy think i'm too busy thinking how much steve perry sucks <laughs> yeah. yeah and now they got the sound alike when they tour God, this has become the journey show. This is really off the rails at this point. Mm-hmm. I got that kid that kind of sounds like Steve Perry and they tour and who wants to see that? Although maybe it'd be an improvement over Steve Perry. Who knows? I don't know. All right, Kyle. I think it's time. Let's, I do too. Let's go down the rabbit hole and uh, maybe this will set up next week's show. Hopefully. Uh, let's go to the Kyle Ross. I love the sport. Deep dive of the week. Oh. It's Sid inspired. I was hoping to to follow up, but um, a tag team match from Sid. You know, I feel like do a lot of old WCW with these deep dives, Uh, but we're going to go there again. Clash nine. Actually, this is not a match Sid probably wants to remember because he suffered an injury in it uh, and kept him off TV for quite a while. It led to a punctured lung. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Skyscraper Steiners. Clash nine. Great match. It's a good one to watch to be ready for our interview next week. You know what? Fuck that match. I don't want to recommend it anymore. No? (laughs) Actually, actually you should watch it. You know what I'm going to do? Because I want to make a point that Sid was cheered very early on 
and I think, you know, I'm very interested. One of my big questions was Sid, you know, was talking about working babyface, working heel. You know what match people need to watch to appreciate the greatness of Sid? And it's, a, it's another Skyscrapers match. The one with the dynamic dudes at Great American Bash 89. Same time period. The crowd, it is great. Uh, Jim Ross just talked about on his podcast that when Sid wasn't in the match, the crowd was just cheering for him the whole time. And the Skyscrapers were heels. And the dynamic dudes were not a were a not not an over babyface act in 1989 NWA. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the official one I'm going to go. At. Same time period. Go. It's a shorter match too, and it, it's I think a little more fun, even though if it may not be as technically good. Skyscrapers, dynamic dudes, Great American Bash '89. Quite frankly, one of the finest pay per views in the history of this industry. Nine minutes and fourteen seconds. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. Yeah, it's fun. People love Sid. People, no matter what he did, people wanted to cheer Sid. It didn't matter. I, we're going to get into that in the interview, and probably will next week. But uh, you know, this is the guy who got cheered against Hulk Hogan when they wanted Hogan cheered. Although some of that was pretty bad writing. But uh, yes, that was atro- <laughs> atrocious scripting. Yes, that yeah. was. That, that that was. I mean, I don't know. That had to come from Hulk himself. Thinking, you know, again, a concept we talked about on this show before omnipotent babyface. I believe that was about a year ago. Uh, today, we may have done that show. Remember coming out of SummerSlam last year, the arrogance of thinking Charlotte could be a babyface against Becky Lynch? Yeah. Episode 71. Check it out in the archives. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and the omnipotent babyface. Last year. Great show. That was a hell of a show, if I remember correctly. They all are. I mean, they all are. That's true. But, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, August 24th, 2018. All right, Kyle. Well, I think we, we, uh, I think we handled the situation pretty well. We've never done a show with, uh, no organization quite like this, but, uh, we powered through and we put 60 minutes out for the listeners. So God bless you guys. We're here for you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) That's right. Unless if you're a journey fan, (laughs) Guys, check us out on social media at Top Rope Nation. You can find me at Ryan Drosty. He's at TRP Kyle. Uh, next week, hopefully, joined by Sid Vicious, uh, Justin Joint. I hope he's having a good time at a bachelor party this weekend, and uh, hopefully, he can join us for that interview next week. So, I guess that is the that's the positive of this uh, scheduling snafu we had tonight. Is Justin can hopefully be on the line for that big interview, but. Uh, In the meantime, guys, the summer's winding down. Enjoy it while it lasts. We'll check you guys out next week.